Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host of the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together, tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. We're super excited today because one thing that encompasses all of confidence is happiness, seeking happiness, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, and we have a happiness expert with us today. So we're so excited. I will introduce her in just a little bit after our sponsors. Please listen to our sponsors. They what make they are what make it possible for you to listen to this podcast for free. So we'll jump right back in with our happiness expert. We're so excited to have her today. Have you ever felt scared swiping your card at a cash register, not knowing if it would be declined or maxed out on your credit limit? Believe me, I've been there holding my breath, waiting to check out. Thankfully, all of that fear melted away and turned into confidence when I took a financial literacy course. The PowerPay Money Master course has changed my experience at the cash register from fearful to fearless. The online course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. USU Extension is offering a free Money Master course to all Full Confidence Ahead listeners. Go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Powell and add the Money Master course to your cart. The link will give you the $40 course for free you can also get the course discount by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category. Use the code KDN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N with no spaces at checkout to claim your $40 discount and free course. As a podcaster and a one-woman show, it takes a lot of time to record, edit, and produce my episode. There is no way I could run my podcast on my own if I didn't have Podflow. Podflow is an AI-based podcasting tool that enhances audio recordings, writes show notes, and makes audio timestamps all within literally minutes. It's given me the power to be a one-woman show by giving me back my time. If you have your own podcast or are considering making your own, head over to podflow.ai to create your account. Podflow will give you a free trial to get just a taste of their product. And when you're ready to purchase their product, it's affordable and purchased by the month. So you can go month by month with your podcasting process. Get ready to podcast like me and get your Podflow account at podflow.ai. Okay, Jessica, we are thrilled to have you. Do you want to just say hello to our podcast listeners? Hello, everybody. And thank you, Katie, so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. We are thrilled. I'm going to introduce you a little bit today. So we have Jessica Weiss with us today. Did I say your last name correct? You did. Weiss. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Jessica Weiss with us today. And we are so excited for her to be with us. So she is truly a happiness expert, both in the workplace and in life. She's had 15 years of research. Like this is expansive knowledge. She has worked with very pronounced companies like Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson, American Express. So she has done research. She has worked with companies. She has been on the TEDx stage. And we are so excited, Jessica, that you are here with us today, that you're sharing your knowledge. So I just want to start us off. What even got you interested in happiness and research on happiness? So 
it's really an interesting story. So it was a personal interest of mine, just something that I was always interested in just as a human being, right? How can I build more happiness in my life? And as an undergraduate, I was lucky enough to take a class. I didn't even realize this at the time with um, the pioneer of this entire positive psychology move movement. His name was Dr. His name is Dr. Martin Seligman. So as an undergraduate at 18, I was exposed to all of this um, just a very different perspective on happiness and on psychology, right? It's this idea that instead of focusing on all of the illnesses and stuff that's wrong, let's actually look at people who get it right, who are living these full, happy, satisfied lives, and how can we learn from them to grow our happiness? So that was my first exposure just to this very different perspective, and I was fascinated. So personally, I always read everything and watched everything, so that was just very personally. And then in my work life, uh, after I went to business school, I became a management consultant and I worked with, you know, very big brands, Johnson and Johnson and American Express, any of those kind of companies that you can imagine. And the work that I was doing there was around organizational design. And it was how do we create more innovative cultures? How do we get these companies to really be revving on all motors? And as we peel back the layers and as we kind of dug in and we coached individuals and teams, the question always became, how do we help? people find more happiness at work. So once those two interests kind of started to meet and I could do my personal, you know, obsession, so to speak, and my professional work, you know, once they kind of came together, that's when I was really able to find my own personal happiness at work and my own personal satisfaction around teaching people how they can find more happiness at work. So that's how it happened. It was somewhat serendipitous, but um, at least it makes a little bit of sense. That totally makes sense. That's so fascinating. I think it's so powerful when we find people who have found both a pathway and a passion that have kind of collided, a profession and this passion. And that's exactly where you are, where your research, your profession, it's all just come together one beautiful thing. And we're so excited to hear from you. So I just want to ask that start off our conversation about happiness with asking you, what is happiness? Cause that, I know we can all say it different things. Like, is it giggles? Is it satisfaction? Like what really is happiness? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that everybody thinks that happiness is this, you know, constantly smiling, always in a good mood, right? And that's certainly one facet of happiness. But what I talk about and what I help people with and what I help organizations facilitate is this idea of creating long-term lasting happiness. And that is very different than waking up in a good mood every day, right? So this idea of long-term lasting happiness is not about um, banishing unhappiness. That's not the definition of happiness. So for me, happiness is about much more than a feeling. Happiness is about doing things, incorporating habits, strategies, tools, and tactics to build this lasting satisfaction. And I break it down into three separate buckets. I say that if you can work on your friendships and your relationships, if you can engage in your life with a sense of enthusiasm, and if you can find satisfaction from your work, you can build overall lasting happiness in your entire life. And it takes habits and strategies in those three categories to build this idea of lasting satisfaction and contentment. That is fascinating. Okay. I'm going to repeat back to make sure I got those three. So you're saying, I love how you just kind of broke that down as like waking up happy is an 
element, but that's not what happiness is. And that there's this more sustaining happiness that we can have in our life is satisfaction. And so those three elements, I wrote them down because they were so good. And I want to make sure I did write them correctly. Friendships and relationships, enthusiasm yep. in life and satisfaction in work, right? Yeah. Enthusiasm and engagement and satisfaction from your work. Exactly right. Let's just go through each one. I, I want to hear each one from you, what that is, some strategies and tactics in each of these. Like, this is so incredible that you've dedicated the last 15 years to this and you're able to share this with us. So let's start with friendships and relationships. What does happiness look like or fulfillment in those mean? So friendships and relationships are probably the most important pillar of happiness, right? Every available study tells us that the quality of our friendships are is what is going to dictate our sense of happiness and fulfillment in our life. So I talk about friends and relationships in two ways. So the first one is in your personal life about cultivating friends and relationships. And to be honest with you, it's the question that I get asked the most. It's around this idea as an adult, how do we make friends? How do we do it? We all want it, right? We all want more friends, um, but everyone's embarrassed to admit it because they feel that everybody else has so many more friends than they do. Um, so the truth, I, I, I coach people individually around that all the time, around this idea of how do we make friends as adults? And there are certain specific things that you can do that um, make that a little bit easier. But I also talk about friendship at work because having friends at work is probably the most important indicator for your feeling of satisfaction at work. And the truth of the matter is it's less important what you do, much more important to focus on who you do it with, right? So if we just take a second and think about that, if you're doing really unhappy work, unsatisfying work, work that irritates and annoys you, or maybe work that's really difficult, whatever it is. Just imagine that you have somebody to do that work with who you really enjoy, who you love, right? Who's a true friend, who's someone that you can trust. The truth of the matter is it almost doesn't matter what you do, how tedious the task, how difficult it is. If you have somebody there that you love to be with and you enjoy being with, that friend at work, that who is infinitely more, more important than the what of the work. Mm. So friends and relationship is a huge one. And I'm happy to talk about some tactics on how you can start to cultivate more you know, friendship in your life. But um, the idea that that is probably the most important basic pillar of happiness. I love that. I do want you to actually talk about some of the pillars that I feel like we're in this loneliness epidemic, sure, especially exactly. kind of coming out of COVID is we were sure. all secluded. And now sure. it's like, uh, how do we now what? Friend, right? Yeah, exactly. So I love for exactly. you to share with us because I think we've sure. forgotten. It's so, I, it's so yes. true. I love how you admitted like, yes, as a, especially as adults, we, no one wants to admit it, but we're all like, Hey, I want some friends, right? Yeah. But we've kind of forgotten how to do that. And we're sure. more remote than we've ever been. Exactly. And we're more on social media than we've ever yep. been. So give me some pillars with those friendships sure. and relationships. So yes, in this age where we're all more quote unquote connected than ever, we're actually more disconnected than ever, right? So this is gonna involve actually doing some things, getting out in the world and connecting with human beings. So the first and easiest way to make friends is this idea of exposure, right? And that's the thing that we all had when we went to school, right? We all saw the same people every single day. We knew they were we were going to see them every single day. We knew we were going to see this person here and this person at after school or whatever it is. It was very predictable, right? And 
at first you might have not realized it, but just from the sheer exposure, seeing those same people over and over again, that is the first kind of strategy towards friendship. So how do we recreate that feeling as an adult? And I say, especially in this world where a lot of us are working remotely, right? We're not necessarily seeing the same people at work. So it's around this idea of exposure. So I say, go to the same coffee shop, uh, the same day of the week at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. So you start to build a routine and what will start to happen, and it won't happen immediately, but what will start to happen is after a few weeks of seeing the same people at the same time, you start to feel more comfortable saying hello. You start to feel more comfortable having conversations. And that actually allows organic conversation, organic relationships, organic friendships to start to seed. So that's the first one. I would say it's around exposure. So in addition to kind of going to the same coffee shop and working in the same place, the same thing holds true even for, let's say, if you go to a yoga class, right? Go to the same yoga class each day at the same time you'll start to see the same people and you will notice just naturally you'll start to talk to people and you'll start to develop friendships so that is a super easy organic way to do it right you're doing stuff that you a working right you need to do other you need to do no matter what or b doing stuff that you enjoy i use the example of yoga but it could be anything any any kind of workout um club, whatever it is. So that's the first one. It's this idea around exposure. Um, the second one I would say is something that Europeans actually do quite well. And we as Americans are definitely lagging. And it's this idea that we need to join things. We need to be parts of, of clubs, communities, whatever it is. We need to feel that we're part of something. So as kids, we joined clubs. We did all of that stuff, right? In school, in college, whatever it was. I say, as adults, that's what we need to do. You need to join some kind of club, some kind of organization, whatever it is. It has to be something that you organically enjoy, that you will love to do no matter what, and then you can meet your like-minded people. But these are two things that require a bit of intention, right? A bit of being deliberate, but will bring huge returns. So you will never make friends as an adult by sitting at home on your couch watching TV. That I can assure you. But if you actually do some intentional things that get you out into the world, doing stuff that you already like to do, then we just kind of push the envelope a little bit further and we start to kind of foster these relationships. So those two are really great places to start and pretty easy, I think. I love that. I love this idea of exposure and your example of the yoga. Um, it just spurred my memory this, this summer for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, that's hundred percent true. I just like two, three months ago, I started going to a, a workout group in the morning. And at first, yeah, I started going and didn't really talk to people. And now I have two or three friends that we sure. get there and we do their workout together and we exactly. like talk about what's going on in the work and you're right. And it's, definitely been this organic and it took a minute it, it wasn't like it didn't just wake up in the morning especially it's early but you're right that exposure has kind of yielded to some friendship that I didn't anticipate exactly exposure is brilliant exposure is probably the easiest way to make friends as an adult but you have to yeah. kind of build in the routine of the exposure that's that's right. the important thing that's what I love that you said because I think our world sometimes is like, oh yeah, just like go out, go to parties, go to this, which isn't a bad thing, but you're right. I'm, I'm realizing those friendships that yielded wasn't from like one time going to exactly. a party, exactly. but those 
those constant those those routine exposures that didn't necessarily start with a lot but have yielded to better I I love that I I just love that Uh, let's transition to the next part the enthusiasm Sure. sure a little bit So this one I love only because it's something that I try to live my life with, right? So it's this idea that there are people in your life that you meet who just have an energy about them that's infectious and contagious. And the way that they see the world, the way that they interact with people is this idea of curiosity and engagement and enthusiasm, right? This is something that we can all cultivate within ourselves. So it's this idea that you don't want to be a disinterested human being engaging with your life, right? You don't want to just kind of let all this stuff happen to you. You want to be that person who asks you about your family, about your work, about every single facet of your life, who's super curious. We all want to be friends with those kinds of people. And the data backs this up and tells us that if you are somebody who's enthusiastic, Mm -hmm. um, in other words, engaging, curious, all of those wonderful things, the data tells us that you will be a happier person. So this one is a little bit of more like internal work. And maybe it doesn't come to you necessarily naturally. But there are certainly times in your life when you can kind of cultivate this idea of enthusiasm. So whether it's being friends with people who are super enthusiastic, and I'm saying a friend, because that's a good way to start or it's around cultivating it within yourself, doing things that you're enthusiastic about, that you love, whatever it is. Maybe you're passionate about art. Maybe you really love cooking and you wanna lean in. But I say lean in, do a little bit of a mindset shift and really kind of allow this idea of enthusiasm, right? What little kids have, that energy, that infectious energy, bring that into your life because it breeds happiness quite literally. I love that. Um, about, I, I think of people in my life who definitely are enthusiastic Yeah, and I'm so lucky to also find them in my family. So that's, that's pretty close. I can draw off that, but I also have friends and, um, it is kind of an infectious energy. Yeah. The easiest way to do it is to be friends with someone who is like that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's to seek that. That's probably the the lowest barrier to entry in terms of enthusiasm is to find that friend, that person, that family member, whoever it is, who lives their life with that zest, with that that energy and spend more time with them because that's going to be the easiest way to start to, because literally that energy will will, um, rub off on you no matter what. So that's the easiest way to do it. But if you want to do a bit of internal work, you can also kind of start to cultivate that within yourself. Mm, that is incredible. I love that. And I love that. That's an easy start. Like find one friend. Exactly. And I, and we probably all know someone or in exactly. our routines have, have identified someone who can start organically talking to. Um, so your last pillar, that satisfaction of work. Tell me a little bit about that. So that's a huge one. Um, because I think that so many of us think of work as like this horrible, annoying thing that we have to do. And it's not necessarily a place where we can start to cultivate happiness. But the truth is, if we can get satisfaction out of our work, if we can be that person who says, I love my job, that feeling will spill over into your entire life. 
So I want people to start to think of work as a place where they can cultivate happiness rather than work is merely a place that I go to get my job done and then I can start to do happiness when I'm done working. So I want work to be part of the happiness equation. And there are certain things that you can do every day at work that will start to cultivate this idea of happiness at work. The first one I already mentioned, that was around work friends. So I want everybody to go to work with this idea and the intention that you need to make friends at work. We all think that, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to do my job and get out. No, 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 no. We need a shift, right? You need to make friends at work, however you want to do it. And we can dig in on specific strategies around making friends at work because it's a little bit more complicated, right? Um, but 100% doable. So that's the first one, make friends at work. The second one is uh, around this idea where I think that we're all kind of um, living in this world of busyness, right? We wear the busyness badge, right? I'm so busy. I'm so overwhelmed. It's almost like something that people take pride in, right? Oh, if you're busy, you're obviously super important. And I actually want us to throw that out the window because one of the most important um, ways that you can start to cultivate happiness at work on a day-to-day -day basis, like really like very granular, very specific, is not spending your day answering emails, responding to notifications, jumping from Zoom to Zoom. Like uh, that is not it. That is not the answer for finding happiness at work. The way to cultivate happiness at work on a day-to-day -day basis is to lean into this idea that you need to feel that you are making progress towards something meaningful. So what do I mean by that? We all have work that we love to do. There's always facets of work. Like there's like, oh, you know, if only I could do more of this, I would really love my work more. But I spend so much time doing Y that I wish that I could actually find a way to do more of X. So what I want people to do is I want you to have a goal. I want you to have some kind of um, something that you want to accomplish. And it can be a huge, big goal, whatever it is. I want you to have that goal. But more important even than accomplishing that goal is to build into your day, an hour, a half an hour, whatever it is that you can do, but this has to be by design, build into your day time to feel that you are working towards that goal, that you're accomplishing something. So you have the big goal, it's sitting there on top of the mountain, but what I want you to do every single day is build in time to feel that you are working towards that goal. Accomplishing the goal is not even the end game here. It's the idea that we're working towards something meaningful every single day. So maybe you love writing, right? Maybe writing is your passion and you wish that you could do more writing at work. I want you to block off time, right? I want you to say, okay, I'm, I'm working towards writing an article, whatever it is. Maybe that's your big goal for the next three months. I want you to block off time on your calendar, whether it's a half an hour and that works. If it's only a half an hour, that totally works. Um, half an hour, an hour, whatever it is to do meaningful work that has, that feels that, that is purposeful to you that will make a difference in your day-to-day -day happiness at work. So two really simple things. I want you to make friends at work and I want you to feel this feeling of accomplishment every single day. I love that. With that goal, I want to just make sure I've clarified on this. So we're not even talking, like it could be a work goal, but this can just be like a bigger goal in your life, right? 
It can be whatever you want it to be. The goal, everybody, we all need to have goals. Having goals is hugely important and it's also very important for happiness, right? It gives us that sense of purpose. So it can be whatever you want. It can be, maybe you wanna write a novel, maybe whatever it is, or maybe you wanna accomplish something very specific at work. So I, I almost, I think of it as a mountain, right? The goal sits at the top of the mountain and every single day we're climbing towards the mountain. And the happiness and the joy comes from moving up the mountain but you need to design it you need to put it into your day it's not going to happen by accident spending our days answering emails and rushing from call to call is great and if that makes you feel important great but if you want happiness at work you need to feel that you're working towards something that you have this feeling of accomplishment i love that i also love how you admitted this we do have this kind of badge of busyness but that isn't and although that they can make you help you maybe feel satisfied. That's not happiness and yeah. those goals. That is just beautiful. And it makes me think definitely twice about how I'm crafting my day at work. I have loved hearing about these three pillars. I've especially loved that friendship and relationship. I, to me, this one's so important as friends so and important. family. Um, and we're coming out of this pandemic. We are having this loneliness epidemic of building in those routines and naturally having those relationships emerge and, having identified, oh my goodness, yes, that's happened in my life. And that's something I can keep continuing to do. And I love that so much. As we're wrapping up our podcast, I want to ask you the last question that we always ask our guests. And that is, what is one piece of advice you'd give your younger self to boost your confidence? Okay. So I think that confidence is kind of an ongoing struggle, right? We all deal with it no matter what, um, because if you're doing anything new, you're always struggling with this idea of confidence. <laughs> but if I could tell my younger self anything, I would say it's never going to, you're never going to feel good. It's never going to, you're never going to feel ready, right? And the only way that you can actually start to build the confidence is to do the things. So you just got to do them. And, you know, I'm not the first person to say this, but you just got to do it and you got to do it scared and that's it. But that will ultimately result in real confidence. That to me, I love that. I also love like putting that into the the three pillars that you've talked about. Like, do I feel ready to set my routine and talk to people? No, but will I do it? Yes, because that'll build exactly. confidence, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a muscle, 100%. Yeah, I love that. Jessica, it has been a joy for you to be with us. I want to make sure that our podcast listeners can connect with you. What's the best way they can find your TEDx talks? What's the best way sure. they can connect with you? Sure. So my TEDx is called... Um, happiness it's an inside job so that you can find on the ted website or you can find it on youtube so i would greatly appreciate anybody who watches it and i hope that you learn something and leave me a comment you can also find me on instagram at the jessica weiss and my website is www.jessicaweiss.com so any of those places i would love to connect with anybody and talk more about happiness and happiness at work and I want to make sure we're spelling out Weiss. I'll put it in the show notes as well, but it's W-E-I-S-S -S for our podcast. Exactly. Listeners. So Jessica, yes. normally spelled, and then W-E-I-S-S. -S. Yes. So it's the Jessica Weiss on Instagram. Perfect. Jessica, we have loved our time with you. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. It has truly been a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. This was such a good conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. I appreciate it. After every episode, I'm amazed at what each of our guests have accomplished in their lives. They inspire me to go for my dreams and seize opportunities. The reality of life is that every opportunity and dream has a financial implication. 
and knowing how to manage and grow your money will not only help you achieve your goals, but also get to them faster. Utah Money Moms has been a resource for me to learn how to better manage my money and turn my dreams into reality. Their website is full of interactive material to engage all learning styles. My favorite resource is their free monthly webinars where I can listen and have my questions answered by financial counselors and educators. Head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram to access free empowering material. Again, that is utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.